1: Today on Locked On Magic, we are asking a simple question: When did you know Paolo Bancaro was going to be Rookie of the Year? More importantly, what's he gonna do next? We'll finish up our our Rookie of the Week week, a Rookie of the Year week, with more discussion on Paolo Bancaro today on Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast Locked On Magic. Today is April 27th, 2023. My name is Philip Ross. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, Paolo Bancaro wins the Rookie of the Year award. He accepted the award yesterday. Uh, we chatted with him yesterday about it. We're going to ask the biggest question. When did you know? When did you know Paolo Bancaro was going to win Rookie of the Year? Because the answer for him... It's probably very different, and and, and the the great takeaway of his season is very, very different, especially now that we begin to go beyond his rookie season and into his second year. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment, but first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA to search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. So, when did you know Paolo Bancaro would win Rookie of the Year? Uh, I remember sitting in this chair around this time last year when we were debating the three players that were at the top of the 2022 draft. And I I said, Paolo Bancaro is the guy that's most NBA ready. If I had to bet on April twenty seventh, 2022, who was going to win Rookie of the Year, I would have bet Paolo Bancaro. He looked the most NBA ready. The question though, of course, was not about the question in that draft, and, and we'll, we'll preview that for later. That's this is a deep this is a tease a little bit. The, the question in that draft wasn't whether Palo Bancaro would win rookie of the year, but whether Palo Bancaro would ultimately be the best player. And so maybe that's the real question that's getting asked. When we ask ourselves, "Who should be?" When did you know Paolo Bancaro was rookie of the year? Because if you ask, and 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 we all asked, uh, various members of the media asked this. We all asked this throughout the day as as Bancaro was being celebrated on the Avent Health Training Center court, court one, not court two. Court two was 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 wide open, as well as the two shooting courts. Um, I love that place. Uh, It was a question that was asked to Paolo and to a lot of other figures numerous times. For Paolo Beccaro, he said his his mom, Ronda, a a huge influence in his life, a former WNBA player, basketball coach, person who coached him, he said that she knew right after that game against the Detroit Pistons. Game one, when he put in 27 points and had a huge game. A lot of us... Certainly, I tried to lower your expectations for him, but a lot of us watching were blown away by what Paolo did on that day. It was clear as an opening statement to the season, as an opening thesis to the season, that this kid was going to be something different. Because the way that he scored in that game, if you go back and look at it, a lot of putbacks. One, just stepbacks. wasn't just isolations. He fit his way into the game in several ways. That that was that was a fun night. Um even though the Magic ended up losing. It was a fun night. And a preview of what was going to come and what was going to develop with this team. If you ask me, when did I know Paolo Banchero would be rookie of the year? I probably knew in December, to be perfectly honest. Um that's that that was the answer that Paolo actually gave. Um was that in December, he felt like he'd gotten his feet under him in the NBA. That he'd started to build some consistency. He was scoring 20 points a night. He was comfort- He was getting more comfortable. And yes, there were ups and downs to come, especially that February um, that slightly opened the door uh, in the rookie of the year conversation. Clearly not very much. But December was when Carroll really established himself. And we started talking about him... Not in the way that we talk about a rookie, but in the way that we talk about a star player. We talked about how he broke down double teams, about how he just had was this constant drumbeat of consistency. And as much as I, I would I would love to see him get a 40, 50-point game, loved seeing him score 30, I think he had 36 times in the game, the fact that he scored 20 almost every night, 40 times scoring 20 point points in a, in a, in a game, same number as LeBron James his rookie year, that, to, that consistency, that's what told me that he was good. And, and very clearly, Paolo felt like that was a time that he felt he was comfortable. Jamal Mosley, I think, had the best answer. Um, uh, as to when he knew that, that Paolo was going to win rookie year. And he said it was all the way back in summer league. He said he knew that this kid was special, that this kid was going to do something incredible very early on, by the way that he worked, by the way that he came to practice and approached training and working with the guys, by the way that he ate up everything that Mosley was saying and Mosley was trying to teach like a sponge. And that carried through throughout the rest of the season. Jeff Weltman had one of the lines of the day um, at, the, at this press conference that the Magic had to celebrate Paolo Caro's Rookie of the Year on Wednesday. Jeff Weltman said, Paolo Bancaro did not seek out the Rookie of the Year award. It found him. And of course, that's that's something you you want to hear. You want to hear about a guy who's going to put in the work. Who's going to... Who understands that something like a Rookie of the Year award... Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to be recognized. You take a moment to pause and celebrate. But it's a step on the journey. It's a goal to check off your list because there are bigger goals ahead. And that's the approach that Paolo Bancaro took to this season. As Jeff Fultman said, and you can watch the whole press conference, it's up on the Magic's YouTube page. um, Jeff Fultman said, you know, after Bancaro won Rookie of the Month, You know, again, he won it December, January, February, and then March and April. After he won those four consecutive Eastern Conference Rookie of the Month awards. Yeah, there was a moment of celebration and a moment of pride. But then it was right back into the gym. It was right back to getting better. And, of course, this comes from having a basketball coach as a parent. uh, From having a former pro pro athlete, a former pro basketball player as a parent, too. But this is who Paolo is. And if you want to know why the Magic took him in such a hotly contested draft, in such a hotly debated draft, this is the kind of stuff, and again, that's not to say that Jabari Smith doesn't work hard. He does. He, he played a really good year. Uh, at the end of the day, I think Jabari had a really solid, really really good year. Um, Chet Holmgren works really hard. Um, that dude, that dude, I'm excited to see that dude play next year. Um, and Oklahoma City versus whoever Victor Wenbanyama ends up on is going to be a blast. Um but Paolo Bancaro cares about the work. He cares about getting better. He cares about his teammates. He cares about doing things the right way. And yeah, he's going to be an ISO player sometimes. Yeah, all those flaws that we thought were flaws on draft night, he's still going to do some of those things. And, and, and Paolo Bancaro is the first to tell you he's got a laundry list of things that he needs to improve on. A laundry list of things that he needs to do and get better at to be ready for next season. Whether it's being a better three-point shooter, whether it's reading defenses more, it's it, it a lot of it's intangible things. And guess what? There are going to be ups and downs in this journey. This journey of development is not going to be a straight line. He's going to have moments where we say, "Hey, Paolo, you got a pass the ball. You're shooting too much. Your shooting percentage is too low." There, he's going to have moments where he's not assertive enough. And so much of what the next year, maybe even the next two years, is going to be about for Paolo Bancaro is learning and understanding how to manage the game because we all clearly see it now. No matter when you thought that Paolo Bancaro was going to be rookie of the year, it should be clear, and clearly 98 out of 100 voters agreed, it should be clear that he is the rookie of the year. That he has that spark in him. And we saw that come to the front over and over and over again throughout the course of this season. When did you know that Paolo Bencaro is going to be Rookie of the Year? That's a great question. I'll give you space to answer it. Let me know in in the comments on on Twitter or or Facebook or YouTube or wherever, wherever. The real question is, What's Paolo going to do next? And that's the next question. That's the next segment that we have to ask. Where Paolo Bencaro needs to improve what that checklist looks like. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends at eBay Motors. For championship team... It's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. That's what this whole off-season for the Orlando Magic is going to be about, right? It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So that next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with more than 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So obviously we're beginning to transition away from looking back. We will look back plenty. There's a long, there's a little bit of time left before we really dive into the draft and, and we'll do plenty of draft coverage Um and player evaluations uh, on this show at least are going to start next week. But we're also going to start looking ahead. It is time to close the book on 2023 and think about how this team evolves and how this team develops, and that was certainly front and center. And we will talk more about what was said and what those expectations are. Um, it was front and center as Paolo Banquero accepted the Rookie of the Year award. There was not a lot. There's not a lot of time to revel in your success, to revel in who you are here. Um, there is clearly a ticking clock now. Paolo Banquero said it. The team is texting each other. They are watching the playoffs. That's why we go over playoff games and talk about lessons and things we're learning from them. Um, talking to Jamal Mosley He's doing talking to Jamal mostly. Yesterday he said he's doing the same thing and uh, same thing. We're all watching and trying to learn what it's going to take to succeed uh, with this team. But Paul Babe Carroll like put it very plainly. Everybody on this team believes next year is playoffs or bust. They believe they are capable, they want to put in the work, they don't want to sit out. This time next year, we want to be talking about a game five, a game six. Everybody in this franchise and this organization feels they are ready for the challenge. And so those are gonna be the expectations heading into next season, certainly the expectations that we're looking for as the magic look at as the magic look at uh, at their offseason moves. So we have to start then with how does Paolo Bancaro get better? Because at the end of the day, this team's only going to go as far as he does. And while 20 points per game, 6 rebounds, 3.5 assists is a really nice rookie stat line, it is, as this team's motto has become, time to level up. Um, Talking with Mike Miller, Paolo Bancaro's agent, former Orlando Magic rookie of the year back in 2000, You know, he he said, you know, Paolo's the kind of guy that can fall out of bed and get 20 points. There were a lot of points left on the board, whether it was his poor three-point shooting. He had that one for 32 uh, February, which certainly hurt, but he really recovered shooting 36 in the final 17 games of the season for him. Um, There was, you know, there's missed free throws, missed opportunities at the foul line. The fact that his free throws dropped from around eight per game early in the season back down to seven. Um, which doesn't sound like a lot, one attempt, but that's, you know, potentially one or two more points, especially if he improves his free throw shooting. So, obviously, I think one of the big things that that the Magic are going to need from Paolo Bancaro is he's going to need to increase the scoring average. He's going to have to average 25 points per game. He's going to have to be a dominant scorer and be a creator and be better at everything, um, you know, We'll talk Franz Wagner a little bit more next week. We've kind of been neglecting Franz, which is part of the problem, I think. But, um, but um, you know, Franz, I love what I loved about Franz Wagner's season this year is he may not have improved in some of the things that we wanted him to improve, but he got better at everything he was already good at. All the things he did well his rookie year, he did better his sophomore year. So, you know, hopefully that means he can add an extra layer on top of his game and to his game in his third year. Um, I don't think you should give up on a guy at all. That's kind of where Paolo Bancaro is right now. I don't necessarily need to see anything new from Paolo Bancaro. I don't need to see a new move or new new whatever. I just need to see him do a lot of the things that he's doing now better, more efficiently, more effectively. Um, it's cre- learning how to create for others. I think one of the Magic's big problems last year, um, it was inexperienced in general, and I think this is an inexperienced problem, was Bankera was so good, and Franz was so good, and Jalen Suggs is so good. They're so good at getting in the paint that they don't know that that's sometimes a trap. Getting too deep in the paint creates a tougher shot at the rim, but also a tougher kick out or outlet pass. So, you know, even... I don't personally. I don't think the magic shooting is as bad as their percentages. I think the problem is the quality of the passing and the decision making, or when those decisions are being made, to get the ball out to them that are leading to lower three-point field goal opportunities. Um, I think that the I think the magic need to add shooting. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and I think Paolo Banchero is a big part of that in being a better shooter himself, which obviously that that's part of the equation here as well. Uh, but uh, I think that a lot of where this team's going to get better is is like Paolo Bancaro being a better playmaker and passer, being a smarter player, uh, learning when to just pull up and hit the mid-range. Like Franz Wagner, Markel Foltz, Paolo Bancaro, they've got the provenance of the stars. They, they shoot mid-range jumpers effectively enough. They make decisions effectively enough that they are allowed to shoot mid-range jumpers. Um, in this world of analytics, where mid-range jumpers are devalued, it's it's not that they're deva- It's it, they're not devalued because they're bad shots. They're devalued because they're inefficient shots. And so, to take those shots, you have to be good enough at them, or there has to be some other strategic reason to take those shots. I don't want Gary Harris taking mid-range shots. There's no value in that. Um, but Franz taking Franz instead of getting all the way to the basket on occasion taking a step-back jumper, that freezes the defense and opens things up. It forces the defense to have to, like, corral him, and that opens a passing lane to the corner for Jalen Suggs or for Cole Anthony or for whoever. Paolo Bancaro is the same way, obviously. Marco Foltz is an excellent mid-range jump shooter, and that's why he gets permission to take those shots. That's really what this team needs. And so when you look at Paolo and how he improves— he said something really interesting. Um, I asked him about what he's learning from the playoffs now. That you know he's been through the NBA grind. Like it's one thing to watch as a fan. Like I, I watch the playoffs. I'm not watching it thinking like, oh, I'm going to take this from that that guy. Like I'd love to have that Jimmy Butler spin move that he did in overtime, but that's not how I watch it. But that's how these guys watch it. These guys know everything. These guys are discounting reports. They played against them. It has to be a truly. Unique and different experience for a rookie like Paolo Banchero, who has all these expectations. Like, is someone that a lot of these star players love and praise. To watch these guys and say, what would I do in this situation? What am I going to do when I'm the guy going up against Jimmy Butler or going up against Giannis or going up against Drew Holiday or going up against Julius Randle or, or 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 Draymond Green, and all those eyes are on me. And Banchero said. You know, one thing that he's learned about watching the playoffs is you have to be more efficient with your movement. You can't waste a dribble setting something up. You have to get right into it because the defense is sitting on it. And if if you allow them to catch up to you, you're toast. These are the kind of things that that, that Paolo is thinking about. And so, you know, yes, there are skills he has to get better at. Um, I, I'm worried about his first time in the playoffs, but, but that's natural. You're going to learn. You look at Cleveland and how they struggled in, in what was essentially their first playoffs. Like Donovan Mitchell, Don Mitchell should have carried that team a lot more than he did. But Garland struggled, Allen struggled, Mobley struggled in their first playoffs. And don't be surprised if the Magic do make the playoffs next year. You know whether they're in the play-in, whether they're in a, a good seed. Don't be surprised if they struggle with it. Don't be surprised if they have a five-game first-round exit and you feel like they should have done more because they don't know. They don't know what they're supposed to do. They don't know what this experience is like and they're going to go through it. It's going to be hard. And the important thing right now for this team is experience, is for this Magic team to gain experience to get themselves better. That's ultimately what matters and ultimately what this Magic team is going to have to to do. And that's what next year's about for Paolo Benquero. Like, Franz Wagner had the kind of season that Paolo is going to need to have next year, where everything that he did well this year, he just has to do better. I don't care if Paolo shoots 35 36% from three next year. He just needs to be more reliable and selective about his three-point shot shooting. And, And it was great that he kept shooting even though he was missing. Because that's going to be valuable for him. It's going to be seeing his assist numbers bump up, or seeing his passing and his field goal percentage bump up. It's about being better at what you're already good at, cementing what you're good at and who you are. If he does all of that, he could very well be an All Star. We talked very briefly about him being an All Star last year. Um, you know, again, the Magic's record, the big impediment from him getting, from him getting like very seriously into the conversation. Paolo Bancaro is already very good. But we're all excited to see what he's going to do to be a whole lot better. And there is a lot more that he can do to be better. It's going to be a great sophomore season for Paolo Bancaro. When we come back, we're going to chat a little bit about the playoffs. Obviously, some huge upsets. What that tells us about the Magic's future. Plus, we'll do our daily lottery spin. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our friends at Ibotta. We're always throwing money at something, whether it's kids' school supplies, a new house project, groceries, the list goes on. It's time to stop spending your hard-earned money without getting anything in return. Enter Ibotta. You can earn cash back on every shopping trip. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 per year in real cash back. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, or it can use your cash back to buy that flight you've been eyeing, that game you're dying to go to, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. A typical basket of groceries was more than $50 more expensive at the end of 2022 than the beginning of the year due to inflation. You could earn two and a half times that in cash back from Ibotta or even more, depending on how much you use Ibotta. Ibotta gives you real cash back, not points. Other apps give you points that don't really amount to much. With Ibada, you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers too when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app. That's I-B-O-T-T-A. I'll spell that again later. And use code LOCKED. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKED. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope lope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax, make your moves, they'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Obviously, last night was a momentous night in the NBA playoffs. Everybody is talking about the upset of the the postseason. There's always one big upset that that nobody expects. And '09 was the Magic beating the uh, beating the Celtics and eventually beating the Cavs. Um, this is why they play the games. And obviously, um, there's a lot to factor in here. I'll, I'll get on my rant about the regular season here in a minute, but. Kudos to the Miami Heat for beating the Milwaukee Bucks in five. They were down 18. I was ready to flip between the Warriors-Kings game and the and the Heat-Bucks game. The Bucks were up 18, and I was like, okay, good. I get to enjoy the rest of the Heat-Warriors game, or the rest of the Kings-Warriors game. We'll, we'll save Heat-Bucks for Friday night. And all of a sudden, you just watch that score at the top, and you see Miami just slowly creep back into it. And then just Jimmy Butler's just... That dude loves big moments. Um, and 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 there's something to say about pacing yourself through the league and, and something that the Bucs certainly understand and have done successfully. Um, there's something to being able to pace yourself. And boy, just Butler made some incredible plays. My, that Miami team is flawed as, as all heck. But that team just stays with it and knows how to step up in big moments. And that's led by... Jimmy Butler, led by great coaching by Eric Spolstra. We, we do not give Eric Spolstra enough credit for the job that he does. Obviously, the, what a lot of the big story is how did Milwaukee fail? Um, you know, why did Milwaukee fail? And, you know, I am not someone that believes that three-point shooting is some curse or you can't win as a three-point shooting team. But so much of that team, that, te- that, that Milwaukee team reminds me a little bit of the 09 and 2010 Magic teams. Very talented teams, and Giannis clearly a better player, more versatile player than Dwight, and that that you know changes the formula a little bit. But essentially, the Bucks run a very center based defense. They want to funnel things to Lopez, where he's dropping and crowding, uh, with Giannis as a roamer to block to block shots and protect the rim. Although Brook is a very good rim protector, they spread the floor with shooters so that Giannis can have free driving lanes to the basket. And so that team, and certainly Orlando learned this year, is very reliant on three-point shooting. One thing that I think we could say about Milwaukee, just as much as we could say about Cleveland uh, and the way that Cleveland lost, it, and this is, again, one of the reasons that the 9 Magic eventually failed and the 2010 Magic eventually failed, and then the 2011 Magic just completely blew, flamed, flamed out in the playoffs, is you've got to be able to attack defenses in more than one way. You can't just be a singular team. And, you know, one thing that I've been thinking about with Milwaukee is yes, Drew Holiday is very good. Chris Middleton is very good. Those guys are not great attackers off the dribble. Just watching how Milwaukee just could not get a good shot throughout the entire fourth quarter, and Giannis was certainly playing nervous with all the free throws that he missed, you got to have multiple ways to attack. You got to be able to beat a defense when they take away your one thing. Like Cleveland, they are a pick-and-roll team, a lot of drives. New York took that away, and Cleveland didn't have the shooting. They didn't have the experience, and, and frankly, they didn't have the physical toughness. We'll talk more about that in a future episode. They didn't have the physical toughness to outblast the Knicks, and the Knicks the Knicks just punked them. That, that was just... I, I normally wouldn't be worried about a young team losing in the playoffs, but Cleveland just did not play to their strengths. The the identity that they carved over 82 games just disappeared. Milwaukee, at least I could say Milwaukee played to their identity. They missed three-pointers. You can live with that. Giannis was hurt. They still had enough to win. I still think they probably should have won that series, but Giannis being hurt changed that series. Milwaukee, game one is completely different if Giannis is, is healthy. Game three is completely different if Giannis is healthy, and in a 4-1 series, two games, makes it 2-2, makes it 3-2, makes it 3-1 the other way. Um and so I think that is a big factor. And, you know, I I, I really appreciate uh what Giannis said after after the game that no, no, we we can't consider this a failure just because we didn't win a championship. I, I think they should be disappointed they didn't do more, but they were the best team in the regular season. And 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 you know, I, I'm a big believer that we should recognize regular season success like if you're telling me that if you don't win a championship, you're a failure, I'm sorry. The Magic had a very successful season this year. They didn't win a championship. You know We know it's just a step in the journey. We're not celebrating it for more than it is, but we are very happy with the season the Magic had. Everyone in the Magic organization is very happy. All the players are very happy with the season they had. You can have success without winning a championship, and I get it. Milwaukee is playing at a higher level than Orlando is that is a championship team. I don't think they are satisfied with their season or happy about their season now that it's ending so early, but I still think it's also a stretch to call it a failure um, in, in that way. So I, I do agree with Giannis, and, and again, I, I think I think Eric Neem asked a fair question in, in that I, I see some, I've seen some people go after him. And, you know, it, for the larger narrative things, which I, I hear, I, I've seen a lot of arguments that we need to stop caring about the larger narrative and just enjoy the moment, which I agree with, but for larger narrative things, When Miami beat Milwaukee in the bubble, Milwaukee responded with a championship. And it became a galvanizing moment. This very well could be a galvanizing moment for Milwaukee. So the story is not yet written. So don't act like it is. But what we're seeing in these playoffs is how much experience matters, how much poise matters, and how much knowing your identity, but being able to morph it to whatever hole the defense gives you being able to play multiple styles, to be able to form fit yourself to what the series and the matchup call for while still staying true to who you are, that's what's important to playing playoff basketball. You're not going to always just dominate and dictate. You're going to struggle. Every playoff series is a struggle. And, you've, and what is different about the playoffs in regular season is you've got to find a way to solve this puzzle. And that's that's the real key here, and that's the real lesson, and that's the real thing that like the Magic don't know how to do. We don't know what Jamal Mosley looks like in a playoff series. He's going to make mistakes his first playoff series. So please, next year if the Magic miss the play, if the Magic make the playoffs and get get thoroughly out strategized. I, don't put that all on Jamal Mosley yet. Give him a chance to learn. You're giving this roster a chance to learn. Give him a chance to learn. He's he's already prepping this team for the playoffs. Like he said, you know, Paolo said they're show that Mosley shows them playoff clips, makes them think about what a playoff series is, is going to be. They know what's ahead of them. At least, you know, uh, uh, theoretically or, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm blanking on the word. They know... The challenge that's ahead of them, but they don't know it because they haven't done it yet. Um, so, again, building experience is, is, is the big big thing for this team. But obviously, it's going to take a versatile roster. Again, that's I know I've said this a million times. That's what I actually like about the Magic's offensive style. Um, it's not about set plays. It's about reading and reacting. And and honestly, I think those are the offenses. You need to be able to make a set play, calm yourself down at times. But I think those read and react offenses that that, that rely on improvisation... When they're done really well, those are the teams that can really succeed in the playoffs because defenses can't just sit on things and know what's com- know what's coming. They may know the setup, but they don't know the finish. And I think that's, I, again, I think that's one of the brilliant things that Jamal Mosley has done. Let's do a quick lottery spin. I know I'm, I'm releasing this late in the day on Thursday. We got our fourth winner here, and uh, at least since I've started doing daily spins on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. The Orlando Magic with the first pick, Charlotte with the second pick, Portland third, Utah fourth. That dropped Chicago down to 11th. Um, usual rules apply. Obviously, you're taking Victor Wembenyama. Um, I, I do think that if the Magic do take Victor Wembenyama, if the Magic do get the top pick in this draft, you're taking Victor Wembenyama. You don't think twice about it. Um, I, I I do think that does bring up a question and a little bit of a problem for this team. Um, I think that one of the, the weaknesses that I do see in this team, and we've talked a little bit about it, um, is... They're a decent rebounding team. I don't think they're a bad rebounding team. But they. One, thing, one reason why I want to talk specifically about Cleveland is size does not equal physicality. And, uh, you know, you look at Cleveland, Evan Mobley, uh, Jared Allen, two really big players. They got punked. They just got beat up by Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randle all series long. That is a big team. They rely on their ability to get rebounds to win games. The Magic, statistically, were a good rebounding team. They're, I think, top 10 in the league in defensive rebound rate. Yet, they gave up their share of second chance points. They gave up their share of offensive rebounds. The offensive rebounds they gave up seemed tended to really hurt. Um, and look, Paolo Bancaro is an okay rebounder. Um, he certainly put his focus on that late in the season and proved that he could get a, get a good amount of boards, and that's something that he has to continue to improve on in. And and I think it's a thing he has to focus on and and make sure that he does. It's not a natural part of his game. Franz Wagner is a non-rebounder. So there's your two fours that are non-rebounders. Wendell Carter statistically is a good rebounder. If you look at his numbers, he's a good rebounder. Yet, with how much the Magic switch, I think Carter oftentimes gets put out of position rebounding-wise, and I think that ultimately hurts hurts him and, and... well, I don't think this is the immediate question that the Magic need to ask, I don't think the Magic should be trading Wendell Carter unless they're getting a clear upgrade. I do think that there are some questions about whether Wendell Carter is the ultimate center for this team. And again, that may not be something we learn until we see him in the playoffs. He's plenty young to improve and get better. I'm sure he thinks about this stuff too, so I don't think I'm saying anything crazy or, or, or so off-base. But there are questions that have to be kind of hovering in the background as we think about this team you know, moving fo- moving forward. So if you add Wembenyama to that mix, like Wembenyama, is a good rebounder. He will get his rebounds. He's a big, big dude. Is he a physical dude? That we don't know. And obviously, you draft him, and you figure it out later. If the Magic have to go with the starting lineup of Wembenyama, Carter, Bancaro, Wagner, Fultz, we'll figure it out. Um, you know, I don't love the idea of Wagner playing the two because uh, I just I think that eliminates a lot of his defense. A lot of his defense. Um, because he is not fast enough to guard most twos, but if you have Carter and Wimbanyama as your backstop, I, I think I think you'll be okay. Um, you figure it out. But I, 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 the, I, the prospect of drafting a Victor Wimbanyama, I think, does bring up questions about the larger roster construction. Just hypothetical questions. Now we're just doing daily spins, so we'll talk more about this if it does actually happen because you're drafting Victor Wimbanyama. Like, like, stop. Like, don't, don't, don't think too hard about it. You're drafting Victor Wimbenyamba, and you're not going to think twice about it. I want to thank you, though, for thinking once, at least, uh, of downloading today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, find me on Twitter at Philip RR underscore OMD. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Stitcher tuned in to Himalay, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all of the places that on the podcast to your podcast enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at OMagicDaily. I apologize for getting this out to you a little bit later in the day on Thursday. We appreciate you downloading Locked On Magic. Whenever you download it, whether it's Thursday afternoon, whether it's Friday morning, we're glad to to be in your ear holes and and to give you some Magic thoughts and conversation. If you're one of our everydayers, we'll be back around noon on Friday. I'll I'll, I'll schedule it to post at noon um, to talk a little bit more about the Magic's future and what comes next for the team. We'll get to that on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic, and that'll come out sometime in the early afternoon. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rosenthal. Mike. We'll see you all again next time in another episode. Of-